It's another Sunday night in comedy, and tonight we're diving right into it. From an Alberta comic who's no stranger to controversy, to a sketch comic taking on mental health one viral video at a time. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, planet-wide on the internets, on the Global News Network. We, of course, have our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How you doing, buddy? What, what? Doing okay. Like, with weather. <laughs> it, yeah, we got, we're still stuck in COVID mode. It's this whole will, will they, won't they with the lockdown thing going on. We got hit with a huge blizzard here in Toronto. But comedy, Vince, keeps on keeping on. Actually, we have uh, an interesting kind of cross-section on the panel today. Uh, we have an old friend from out in Alberta who hasn't joined us since earlier this season, Brett Forte, who has uh, he's got a bit of a story of something that happened to him in stand-up. And also, just curious to see what, of course, is happening in Alberta with the current lockdown, because even Alberta shut down for a while, which hadn't happened pretty much this whole year. Yeah. It's crazy. Alberta's always beaten, um, you know, beaten to a different drum. But yeah, I mean, uh, so even Alberta kind of got sucked into this current and hopefully ending soon lockdown. So we're going to find out what's happening out there. And also an interesting show that Brett just did with Yuck Yucks out there. And later on in the show, we have a first timer, Amy Smith, whose viral sketches have completely blown up online, but also tackling something that everybody is sort of talking about right now, especially during this whole year of quarantine. Everything she's doing is related to mental wellness and mental health and a huge audience has sort of flocked to that and relates to that so we're gonna get into that with her that's our panel right here on inside jokes brought to you of course by our good friends at hakeem optical even if you're sitting in the back row it's probably fine it should really be even if you're streaming from far away it's probably fine whatever live shows will come back again eventually speaking of that we have a returning friend of the show hasn't been on in a while out in Alberta, and I'm really curious to hear what's been going on out there because for most of the year, clubs and road gigs were an actual thing in Alberta. Alberta is like the the holy land of Canadian comedy, but even Alberta got locked down a little bit. So we're gonna find out what's happening there. We have Brett Forte on the line. How you doing, man? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. So that's what I was, Brett. I wanted to sort of pick your. You just did this actually really interesting show with Yuck Yucks out there. This hotel thing that I wanted to get into. But in general, I mean, we've been talking to a lot of. Alberta comics and Calgary comics this entire year during this entire quarantine obviously you know all the festivals everything in Toronto has been pretty much on pause this entire time but for most of the year Alberta was still kind of doing Alberta comics were still doing those road gigs and the clubs were mostly open what's it like right now man yeah but what comes up must come down so we had our fun few months and then now we're locked down and then BC got their restaurants before us so we're all just taking turns musical COVID chairs right now but uh yeah, the future doesn't look great because the only reason I did this hotel show was because it was a weasel hole. It was the only stage we were allowed to do it. People had to sit on their balconies. Um, uh, the performers were in the middle. It was kind of like the Roman Coliseum. It was actually kind of cool. Yeah. What wasn't cool is 12 hours before the show, AHS tried their best to cancel it. They said no group performances. They didn't want bands. They didn't want two people roasting each other. All the comedians had to wear masks. 
We were told this before the show, so I get plastic masks. Thinking, I'm going to, at least so you can still see the performer's face. Yeah, right? yeah. Halfway through the show, they literally storm the stage during the show with medical masks, handing them out like there's a nerve agent in the building. Like there's some, it's some sort of drill. Like, put it on, put it on, put it on. No, no, you're in the middle of a joke. You're like, yeah, Sydney Rivers comes from Lethbridge. Oh, what? You have to put on a, <laughs> a mask. And I'll never forgive them for that because they literally muzzled us. And I know the orders come from higher above, but you can only imagine what the audio sounds like when you're talking through a mask. Yeah. And, uh, and what it looks like when you can only see the eyes, like we're the neighbor from Home Improvement. Just the whole show, <laughs> like what are we doing here? So everything I've done from the drive-in show months and months, like last year I did that parking lot show in West Edmonton yeah. mall to a sea of trucks. And uh, it was just horns the whole time. That was a Band-Aid fix. And uh, even though this was an in-person show, this was also a Band-Aid fix. Like, I don't want to be exploring these options any further. I want to get back to the yuck yucks, you know, the club. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if they hadn't have slapped these sort of restrictions, these constraints on you at the 11th hour going in, it could have been kind of an interesting format, at least given the situation. It could have been, okay, well, this is at least as close as we're going to get to an actual real show right now. The crowd might be 50 feet above me in this weird setting, but at least they're actually there. Because we've been talking to comics this entire year all over the map who have talked about how weird it is to get used to doing these crowds where either the audience is cut in half or the crowd's all wearing masks or you're behind a plexiglass wall. That's all stuff that comics have kind of, not that anybody's comfortable with it, but just learn to roll with right now. But to actually be up there on stage wearing a mask, that's a whole other level of like a barrier for you as a performer. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> okay, one thing, one thing we have picked everybody's brains on, and I'm always curious about everybody's opinion on this. You talked about, yeah, doing the parking lot shows and doing these weird pop-ups that happened this year. What about dipping your toes into online, online comedy? Like, have you done any of this streaming no. stuff? I know. <laughs> no. I can no, tell I, you we're we're right in now. the business of live events. That is yeah. how we make money. People need to come with their $20 and sit down and then drink. That is what the business model is. We're not Pitbull. We're not Mr. 305. We can't <laughs> sing the same songs the rest of our life and just have people tune in online. That works for music. It does not work for comedy. So I hate seeing every time I do a show and some girl asks me, are you going to do a live stream? Like, cause you're lazy and you don't want to leave your bed and you don't want to yeah. come out to the show. So no, I hate the, the whole zoom aspect of it. I've never done one show yet of it. And uh, it's because it doesn't really change much. Like what's the extra, you know, $500 going to change in your life. Like this is Canada, we get serve. So you can get it for free without <laughs> yeah. having to embarrass yourself on the internet. So do you think there is, and I mean, it's opinions are mixed on this, but it definitely seems to be comics that actually do this for a living. And then have actually been around and been on the road and been in the clubs and been at this for a while that kind of went, well, okay, all that stuff's on pause right now. It is what it is. I'm just going to sit back and wait this out. Do you think there is sort of an element of desperation of comics that are like, I have to do this live show. I have to do a TikTok Cause it does seem to be not, not everybody. I'm not going to blanket statement here, but it does seem to be, a large chunk of it is comics that are kind of first starting out. It seems to be like the new open mic right now. 
the, you saying the new comics are the ones doing the Zoom shows? For a lot of the part, there are comics that have been at this for a long time, though, too, that we've talked to that are like, oh, I never thought I would do this. This is great for whatever reason. And if that works for them, great. But I, do you think there is sort of that element, though, of like, I hate to say desperation, but that's really the only thing I can think of. Do you think that it sort of gives off that vibe of like, I can't just take any time off. I have to constantly get people to pay attention to this? Yeah, not a bad thing. You know, you want to always keep the chains moving is the metaphor I use, like always be getting yards, always be moving forward. Yeah. So if that's going to get you in a space where you're writing and performing and flapping the yap, great. Uh, we can complain about the medium all day long, but yeah, those are the comics that aren't giving up that at the end of this, you will see at the club. So I can bash the internet all I want, but uh, those guys are still working. They're doing what they yeah. got to do to survive. That's commendable. I just uh, think you can survive better. And I've shown a couple of ways of doing shows with the drive-in and with the hotel. And the hotel is going to be a good theme this year. Watch yeah. for the States. Watch for some big names. There already are some big names that have reached out to my management that want to take this idea and run with it. So uh, I think that's going to be the Band-Aid fix for 2021 is these hotel shows. Hey, Brett, yeah. describe the, the hotel show, how it went on. Uh, okay, so can you, name the, can you actually name the hotel? Say that again? Can you name the hotel that you were at? Yeah, yeah. It was the Marriott, the Delta Hotel, South Delta Hotel by Marriott in Calgary. And uh, and they have a solarium. So for our listeners, set it up. So they have a solarium. You did a show in the solarium. But the viewing audience essentially was all looking in from their rooms down onto the solarium. Yeah, they all have balconies, four people per balcony. I uh, had a DJ, DJ Mikey DeRosa, for the first couple hours, and everyone was on their balconies dancing like it was Electric Circus. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it was even just like Electric Circus because the camera angle was low and we could see right up the skirt. It was fantastic. Everything <laughs> was authentic. But uh, and, and then after that, they stay on the balcony. We do the roast battle, and then we did this live podcast after. So the actual setup of it worked. Yes, they're far away. They're distance, distant. Um, and we kind of got a taste of that when it was 25% capacity rooms, 50 capacity rooms uh, at the comedy clubs. Uh, doing crowd work was a bit more tedious. Yeah. So we were a little bit more used to that. Uh, that feedback is just not there. Um, so it makes our job tougher, but that's, that's our job. So deal with it. Yeah, you have this removed from the audience. It's not the same as being in that intimate club setting where you can sort of pinpoint who you're talking to and who you're getting the energy from in the room and you're, you know, 20 feet away from them. It's a whole different animal. We're going to come back with more Brett Forte and pick his brain on where he thinks 2021 is going to go in comedy because it's going to be a slow trickle back. Everything's not going to magically just open back up again and things are going to look different for a while. We're going to pick his brain on that. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yo, this is White Wine. And young Riesling. You're tuned in to AM640 Inside Jokes, jokes. baby. Ha! Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, worldwide on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. Helping you socially distance more clearly. We've got Brett Forte out in Alberta on the line. Before the break, Brett was telling us some of the venues, some of the formats that have popped up during all this. And kind of, of course, like we were talking about earlier, Brett, Alberta 
even before COVID, Alberta was always a fantastic place to perform as a stand-up in Canada. In a country where people are going after a select small amount of festival gigs and credits to begin with, Alberta just always had this beautiful built-in scene of road work and club work that really managed to stay afloat for a good chunk of this year. When you were doing the hotel show that you were talking about, though, and I know it's a different thing right now, the shows that you have been able to do this year what's the sense that you've gotten from the crowds? Do you, do you get the vibe from people that like people really are itching to get back out there and watch live stuff again? Um, that the last hotel show, I got the vibe that people were just uh, itching to get out of the house and get drunk. Yeah. They were so <laughs> sentimental at the end of the show. Uh, forget what the show was and how well the jokes went. They were like, just, honestly thanking me for giving them a reason to be outside with their friends it was really sad and uh (laughs) i'm fortunate it just goes to show you how long people have been locked down and i like how you say alberta is this majestic scene because anyone you talk to in alberta hates it (laughs) you guys you guys have the scene what our scene shit we don't have any festivals don't even come here uh but uh that's good at least we have a good reputation out east well yeah because then they move to toronto and then they go oh wait a second, you don't get paid to do this here? So it's, you know, it's it's, it's still Calgary, sword, right? People in Calgary love to say there's nothing to do in Calgary. I have to move. And then they go to Toronto and they say there's nothing to do in Toronto. And then they move to where, <laughs> New York? And then there's nothing to do in New York. And then what? You f-ing, I don't know. That's it. Then it's the UK. <laughs> yes. yes. And then you end up coming back to Toronto two years later anyways. No, Alberta mm-hmm. was always great. Man. Even at Edmonton, you'd go and do like a Sunday night room there, like the Empress or something. And it's like, oh, there's a room full of people that actually came here on purpose on a Sunday night to watch comedy. And then they're going to give you money to do that. (laughs) Toronto Mm -hmm. comics. It's like unheard of. You're supposed to be in a bar in the middle of nowhere at 2 AM waiting to go on in front of 10 other comics that don't care. Yes. Yes. I will agree. Alberta, you can make money early. Like I became a full-time comic in three headlining in three years which I don't think you can do out in Toronto. So Yeah, and and I think you get to like stretch your legs on the club stages more. But speaking of, I mean, you're talking about how this hotel concept will be a good thing when you don't have all those parameters slapped on it. In general, what do you think 2021 is going to look like as things eventually start to lift? And I mean, who knows when that is? That could be next month, that could be July. But I mean, it's got it's going to be a slow trickle back, right? As eager as people are to go out and watch live stuff again and fill clubs again, it's going to be a long time before we get to jump back into what we were before. Yeah, man, that's I got the same answer as you. I, <laughs> I all I know is here it's down to hospitalizations in our province. We have four tiers. It started at six hundred people hospitalized. As soon as we get down to four fifty. Uh, I think we opened the restaurants here. That was last week. And then 300, we open up, I think the gyms or something like that. We're in the bracket of 150 for uh, events, for public speaking, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I don't know what the numbers are at right now. I know we're getting there. Uh, Me and my buddy are thinking of, you know, how like people stand outside of abortion clinics and try to convince you not to go in. No, this is the wrong decision. We're going to do that at just the main hospitals and tell people like, no, like take a Gatorade, go home. You're fine. You can beat this. You do not need to raise our numbers. We need to be lowering the numbers. So you get more sick going in there. 
Uh, okay, look, I know maybe look, we're looking at maybe end of April is what I heard for maybe some of the comedy clubs here in Alberta. And what that looks like after that, I don't know. 25% capacity, 50. Yeah. Who knows? I do think it's going to be a mix of both too. I mean, a lot of like JFL, of course, this year went completely digital. It was this comics performing in rooms in front of a screen and you go into whatever room you want to pick. I think there's going to be like this weird hybrid of everything for the next little while when all that stuff comes back around. Cause I mean, festival season or what normally is festival season isn't super far away in the grand scheme of things right now we're we would sort of be on the tail end of what's normally corporate season and people figured out a way around that there's still corporate comics that have just been doing this stuff at home on a webcam for the same clients as usual but i think it's going to be like a mix of everything when we come back around to all that this summer yeah i'm not looking forward to it. i want to be with Vince <laughs> at for laughs northwest hanging with bill burr this time last year what happened to that nothing nothing existed okay one thing brett without putting you in the hot seat we did want to pick your brain on a little bit you did it's the reason this interview is happening (laughs) just ask your question i'll ask okay so you did have a a joke recently that got i don't know i guess got you in some hot water let's say if you can Hmm. break that down for us because i am there's a larger question here that i sort of want to pick your brain on but if you could give us sort of the crib notes on what what exactly went down uh, the crib notes is um, about four years ago in Kamloops, uh, uh, Sikh gentleman. Now we say Sikh, it's actually pronounced Sikh. Okay. Now this yeah. is a part of my learning. I visited the Gudwara. Okay. And I got forgiveness. Now I understand a lot more about their culture. So let's just clear that right away. So this Sikh man yes. uh, saved uh, a girl with his turban out of the river in Kamloops. At the time, that's such an exceptional story. I was joking around about it. I have this whole joke about how this guy's a hero okay and uh he used his turban like a whip like a lasso and the paper had the nerve to call him like a man saves drowning woman this was the work of no man this was the work of east indiana jones is kind of the idea (laughs) yeah it's undeniably funny it's undeniably funny but for example if you were to let's say take out just the part of my act where i'm unraveling the turban using a mic cord yeah. and doing an accent. If you take the six seconds of me doing that, and let's say, for example, you put it on a sick memes page with 250,000 followers yeah. during sick awareness month on the anniversary of the 1985 genocide, you're going to have some problems. <laughs> and the internet uh, made me accountable. The internet's all about naming names these days. And my yeah. name got named. And uh, as a guy, if you follow my stuff, I love handing out a ban. I've banned so many people from roast battles. So as a guy who hands out bans, I have to accept them myself. So when Instagram right. shut me down for 30 days, I looked at the screen and I went, good, a good ban. Like <laughs> I took it in stride. Obviously you're worried at the people you've inadvertently offended. And by the people, I mean the thousands. I got over a thousand death threats Wow. over this. Kids too, children, like 14 year olds sending me pictures of guns and stuff. And so we're going to come shoot you. And then they, they post, post, paste the address of the Yuck Yucks Club that I'm performing at next and all this stuff. Now, I know it's just all internet talk. Okay. But uh, by the way, those kids, I found out what school they go to. I'm going to call their principal. I'm going to get them in trouble. That's going to be fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So essentially uh, the internet got riled up and uh, they went looking for blood. 
Yeah. Like I said, it was during a month where they needed to fill content. They needed someone to go after. I was that person and uh, they did very well there. They, I was least affected. I can't lose my job. I'm a full-time stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah. People around me that had day jobs, my manager, some friends, fam, all of a sudden they're getting death threats and their managers and their workplaces are getting hit. So then now I have everyone in the war room around me is more affected than I am. And they're the ones freaking out. And then, so that's why you have to make certain steps. Okay. Like I didn't want to apologize on Twitter like that. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do what I did, which was go visit the Gurdwara, sit in the circle with the sick elders and have a conversation about lines in the sand. Why is, why can you not make a joke about the turban? And they tell me because it is a sign of their spirituality. It's supposed to be withheld, upheld. It's not ever to be joked about. It is a symbol that they're heroes. It's something they take very seriously. Yeah. So, I mean, the real good audio would have been there during that meeting that day because there was all sorts of conversations. They were telling me about their gurus. They have 10 gurus. They don't have gods. They have these 10 gurus uh, that ride horses, and this is who they look up to. And then they're telling me about the sick farmers right now in India. And they're like, this is one of our heroes right now. This guy's doing a lot for us. And then I'm like, okay, well, honestly, I look at this guy and I see a bit of guru in him. He kind of looks like the guru out in the hallway. Is that offensive to say? And they're like, yes, it is offensive to say. So you're like, okay, so no relating to the guru. I even go, what about Mike Myers' guru? What about this movie? They go, no, that's not us. Literally, they go, no, that's not us. I think that should be more offensive to comedians, by the way, but yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Then they're like, um, my friend who was with me, he's like, I heard that the turban stopped bullets in the war. And they went, no, like, turbans are fabric. That's a lie. They don't stop bullets. But he's like, oh, okay. Uh, They're like, you know, there was a steel ring that goes around it that could have done it. And they're like the steel ring you can actually remove and use into hand-to-hand combat. That's what these guys would do. They would even throw the ring. And I go, oh, like Xena princess warrior. And they're like, no, not like Xena princess warrior. So it was an interesting uh, little round table debate. And these sick elders were so awesome. They were so open to this conversation. They weren't the ones offended by it. It's the younger generation, go figure. It's the young ones on the internet that are offended and then turn it into hate and then say that they're going to kill me and my family, which is kind of ironic, but it is uh, this cancel culture thing, taking a whole extreme. So they basically, for them, they looked at it as like a teaching opportunity for you to like share their culture and their knowledge with you and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I'm so glad I did it. That's such a cool Larry David life moment to go visit. the headquarters and sit in a circle with 10 sick elders and they're all speaking in their language and then they turn to me and they go which one of you is the comedian and like they know they've seen the video they're just putting (laughs) me on the hot seat why do you think the joke was funny and just um all sorts i didn't i put on a a turban myself i went and prayed in the room i put my head on their carpet like it was a whole uh really fun life experience uh, that started with something that wasn't so fun, but it turned into something uh, interesting. I like doing stuff for the story. So there you go. 
It was a life moment. Water off the duck's back. And that's something I try to promote like in life. It's just like get over things and seeing the people around me get more freaked out than me, like my co-host of the podcast who just gets up and leaves and quits yeah. the show working so hard on because of this. Uh, a little disappointing. That's the only part uh, I walked away with, with a, a sour taste in my mouth. There you go. But you took it in stride. You took it as an opportunity to grow, Brett Forte. Not just as a comedian, but as a human being, sir. Before we do <laughs> before we do let you go. And it's interesting. I, I feel like we could do a whole hour on what that's going to look like when comedy comes back, too. I mean, there was this, this whole era of, of comics sort of policing each other without letting the audience decide and all this cancel culture stuff that I think maybe we'll reset a little bit when comedy comes back, but we'll just have to talk to you about that a different time, Brett. We could go all day before we let you go though. Where can people find your stuff? Where can people listen to you and also hopefully see you live again soon, regardless of find me on uh, Punjabi news. Okay. (laughs) I got lots of exposés there. There's a good four Punjabi news stations that covered me YouTube. It's great footage. Uh, (laughs) So that's where I'm living these days. I had to, they literally put the mic in front of me and they said, go like a dress. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. It was nuts. The video is on my Instagram. If you haven't seen, and, uh, yeah, that's what I want to push to, man. Just kind of the edits I made um, to create creatively come out of this and then turn it into content, spin it into something that's fun, yeah. a story that matters, uh, if you will. So as for shows, man, I don't really have anything to plug, okay? Because uh, we're here. We're, we're yeah, doing this. Yeah, right? we know what's up. <laughs> so just go give me the clicks online and, uh, and we'll see you when, you, when I see you. There we go. Brett Forte, thank you so much, man. We do hope to see, I mean, obviously everywhere open back up again, but hopefully Alberta's next up because, I mean, I do love what you guys do out there. Hope to see you live again soon, man, but thank you so much for joining us, and everybody, go check out all of that footage and follow Brett online. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. I'm at the sock, and I don't know why I just did this. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course Canada-wide, North America-wide, worldwide on the Global News Radio Network. Thank you again to Brett Forte out in Alberta. Now we're going to switch gears. We're coming back home here to Toronto with a first-timer on the show and somebody who's doing something completely different. We're of course talking to Brett about what stand-up looks like right now but next up on the show we have Amy who's viral sketches have completely blown up and found a whole new audience and I think kind of tie in a lot to something that a lot of people are talking about and dealing with especially right now during this past year of quarantine. Amy how are you doing first off? I'm doing great thank you so much for having me. So it's interesting I think right now I mean we talk on this show obviously we talk to stand-ups we talk to sketch comics actors across the whole gambit People this year have mostly been talking about how they're keeping busy, where they see comedy going after all this. I think it's interesting because you, and and first off, we should point out, you are a Second City alum. You went through Second City training. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Which I think plays into a lot of the sketch content that you do. But I think because the stuff you do tackles a lot to do with mental health and mental health awareness. And I feel like 
You know, I mean, we often talk on this show about how comedy doesn't always have to have a message, but when it does, how strong that can be and what kind of an audience that pulls in. I think right now, especially, Amy, I mean, you were doing this before, but I think during this whole lockdown in this past year of quarantine, that's something a lot more people are discussing and wrestling with, I think. Yeah, it's funny because I kind of just fully explored content creation and making videos when the pandemic started. It was a way for me to cope um, with the changes in life altogether and a way for me to um, kind of in a healthy way deal with my own um, mental illness um, anxiety. I speak about that in my yeah. videos um, and I've been pretty forthright with that. And so um, I used it as a healthy outlet and hoping to just connect with people. Um, and it's kind of funny because I didn't expect me to be doing all these different characters. But then when I realized I don't have other people I can really lean on, I'm going to have to be every character that's in my brain. Um, that was an interesting challenge at times, but I found ways to put together the edit, figure out the editing side of things yeah. so that I can make it work and try to make these um, characters very distinct and different so that it wouldn't look like I'm just speaking to myself. And so it was an interesting challenge, um, but it's been so much fun and it's been well received. And um, I'm just really thankful that it's been um, kind of like I'm connecting with people um, in Canada, but also worldwide. So that's the it, thing, too. I mean, you know, we've been talking to so many people in the comedy world about the fact that you, first off, you can you're streaming everything. Everybody's going after sort of just this global audience right now instead of just a Canadian comedy audience. And you we are in this time where, you know, there's not a lot of silver linings about what's been going on. But the one thing is for content creators like yourself, you do have this sort of built in at home captive audience. But I think for you, especially what has attracted such a following to to your content is the fact that it's so relatable because everybody is grappling with all of this sort of sense of isolation and people are out of work people have been stuck at home for a year a lot of people are separated from their family and friends and they're sort of a lot of people feel like even though this is a global event it's really impacting just them it feels very personal to a lot of people and i think it's sort of a two-sided coin what you're offering because you're giving people content to distract in a way and to laugh at and relate to, but it's also talking to them about what they might be thinking. Yeah, it's like a PSA meets character comedy. And that's the thing. I mean, I think a lot of comics wrestle with that too, especially in stand-up, I find. There's a lot of comics who really have some message that they want to get across. So they'll do like a 60-minute special about that, but a lot of times it could feel kind of preachy or it could feel like, it's yeah. sort of blurring the line between a TED talk. I think what you're doing is you're because it's content that people can just relax and watch and enjoy, but it still has that message rolled in there, you know? Thank you for saying that. Cause I don't want to come across as preachy. I want to be connecting with others who are feeling the same thing that maybe I'm feeling, or even if it's not quite the same experience, cause I have some like cultural references yeah. I'm mixed. Um, and so I, I have one character who's like a Pakistani auntie, but I've been told by some of um, my viewers that everyone has that aunt. Right. right. It's, it does, you, she doesn't have to be Pakistani. You know, they see they see their family members in my characters. They see themselves in in these characters. And so it's been fabulous that I'm able to connect with people and that they feel like it's relatable. 
That's the thing. And I mean, a lot of, because comics are so separated from their audiences right now, even people are doing these streaming shows and all that, you're not in a room in a club performing in front of people anymore where, you know, <laughs> audience would come up and talk to you afterwards. Go, oh, I love that. I'm from such and such. How much of a, of a direct sort of response do you get from audiences? Do people message you and go, thank you for doing this. This really touched on something I've been going through or thinking about. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I've had a lot of um, either comments on my videos or, or direct messages. I think when I'm speaking about things that are quite personal, I'll find that a lot of people will private message or direct message me instead of necessarily um, commenting on a video and then they'll go through their story and it's, it, but then they also say that I've made them laugh. And so it's tackling hard topics, but still making sure that they come out feeling better, not worse after watching my video. And so um, it's, yeah, people are responding with, with overall, I mean, I'm still going to get the hate comments, but I'm, yeah, there's there, trolls everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, they exist, but um, it's been pretty positive and I feel, I feel really happy that I'm able to, you know, create this content for people and for myself. It's weird though, I have to say, because with, like you said, there's no audience. And so sometimes I'll make a joke and I don't know if anybody's laughed, if, yeah. if, I, if it's cringy. Um, my husband will, will videotape me and he'll laugh. And so I'll know, okay, at least one person laughed. So maybe there'll be more. Yeah, um, you get that reaction at least. But it's a little bit like on an island. And so you don't, and you don't really get a chance to see people's reactions to get that visual feedback. And so I really do read and try to respond to every comment. Even the, the troll type comments, I usually try to respond to them. There you go. Not a lot of people do that because what <laughs> comics have figured out this year is even streaming online shows, there's still hecklers. They just aren't physically in the room with you. That's all. And they're yeah. brave on the internet because they don't have to look. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to come back with more Amy Smith and get into more of what this content is and also sort of how it began right here on Inside Jokes. Hi there, this is Scott Thompson and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Helping you watch viral videos online more easily. How about that? That ties directly into who we're talking to right now. We have Amy Smith on the line, who has been pumping out this past year sketch content that has completely blown up and found an audience. Again, I think because a lot of it does relate to stuff that we're all sort of thinking about and talking about, which is mental health, mental health awareness, because this has been an entire year where we've all been sort of snowbound in a way. <laughs> it's been one, one long march. And Amy, so before the break, we did talk about the fact that you, you originally did come up through the second city, but yeah. you did start all of this, what became this blossoming channel and all of these videos, really a lot of it started at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of the pandemic, which yeah. is kind of timely. But when you were first coming up, when you were first going to second city, what was your, did you picture yourself doing something like this? Because this is a niche thing, you know? <laughs> no, I 100% didn't see myself doing this. I was taking improv just for fun. I was like kind of more of a hobby. And um, I really, really was missing like the creative connections and just doing something, just building something. And, and I, 
I felt trapped. And so this was a way of like opening up a whole new world for myself by playing around and just becoming different people and, and kind of working through the news in, in a more positive way, because I was really struggling with just listening to the news and feeling really down. Um, And so in this way, I'm able to kind of express myself um, and be as terrible of a human as I want to be without (laughs) it, you know, hurting people. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because this really did spring from your own experience and just this sort of spark that you had at the beginning of, of all of this. And again, like I said, it really does fill first off a space that doesn't really exist in comedy sketch or otherwise, but also again, just something that so many people are, are coming to terms with and wrestling with right now for you, who were your sort of sketch and comedy influences? Because again, this is not like, there's nobody really that you could look to and go, I want to do this because so-and-so paved the way for that. It's really a unique thing. Yeah. I also, it's kind of weird because I think I'm kind of pioneering like a a different type of, comedy it's like (laughs) I don't know PSA in a way yeah yeah yeah. um but some inspirations for me um obviously I mean probably a billion people think like Tina Fey is amazing but she's been someone who's been inspiring for me because she started as a writer um first and foremost um she also did improv but um she was like the first female head writer. That's inspiring in and of itself. Some of my videos, um, I focus on four main themes in my videos, um, tech and society, mental health and wellness, women's rights and people and culture. And so the women's rights aspect of my videos, like when I focus on women's rights, she's somebody who also pioneered the way for a lot of Absolutely. female comics. I mean, there was people before her like Carol Burnett and, you know, Lucy Ball and, and, great people a female writer like herself is somebody who I um, aspire to be like or at least like a like a smidge of what she is Um, and so I've been really focusing on learning more about the right of writing and constantly still trying to learn and become better Um, and that might be reflected in my videos I'm trying like my format might change here and there and I'm evolving as time progresses as the news keeps changing as our world keeps changing as my mental health state keeps changing um and that's reflected in my videos but I try to be as honest as possible and um reflect that she's been a huge influence and then I've also been following content creators on Facebook and social media like Nas Daily and Dearlene they are um international content creators and they create like short videos um, reflecting different cultures and different societies and, and things that are going on around the world. And their, their material is a little bit more serious. So I try to combine like the Second City experience and, and all that, you know, sketch and, and character comedy and all that background that I have with the just trying to showcase like a major theme Yep. from my influences with Ness and, and Aline um, and kind of mesh them together into this, whatever this is. Now. <laughs> there we go. And I think uh, you touched on something else. I mean, this came along at such a perfect time because everybody's been wrestling with this stuff, but also because, you know, even pre COVID really only in the last couple of years, the face of comedy has been changing. I mean, you look at club lineups and festival lineups yeah. and the shows that are happening and series that are coming out comedy sort of blew up and finally diversified you know it's not the old days of 
white guy in a sport coat, white guy, you know, there's different voices. And then because of that, new audiences came out because they finally saw themselves reflected. So I think this is sort of all these great forks in the road all at once sort of coming together here. And I mean, that's, that's how you build an audience. So Amy, before we do let you go, first off, thank you for doing what you're doing. But for our listeners who haven't checked out your videos and who haven't tuned in, where can people find your stuff online? So I'm on Instagram at that funny Amy. I'm on Facebook and Facebook watch at that funny Amy. Um, I write bad jokes at Amy's bad jokes on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm at that funny Amy and you can find my bad jokes there too. Perfect. Amy Smith, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us and keep doing what you're doing. Cause I think you. very good. obviously it thank fills you. this niche and this void that was much needed right now. I think it's helping a lot of people out and also just giving people some good content to distract them, which I think we also need because the news is terrible. <laughs> so Amy, thank you so much. Yeah, it is. Everybody <laughs> check you. out Amy's page and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thank you. That is our show. Thank you again, of course, to Brett Forte out in Alberta doing doing what he can and getting exposure, let's say, in some very unique ways. And of course, here in Toronto, Amy Smith, comedy can serve many purposes. And I think especially right now, whatever you're going through, if you're sitting at home looking for something to watch, check out Amy Smith because it's not just good distracting comedy content. There's also a message and a purpose. That is our panel. We'll be back next week, but don't forget you can find all of our episodes right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx features Brett Forte. I'm a young guy. I keep dating young girls. Keep going back to the well. It's not working out for me. All they want to do is text. That's the whole relationship. This last girl, I dated, bright and early in the morning, almost every day, I got this one. How was your night? How's your morning? What are you having for breakfast? How was breakfast? What are you having for lunch? How was lunch? It's like dating the paperclip off Microsoft Word, okay? Yeah, yeah you remember that, asshole. I'll use that. Have you set your margins? Have you saved yet? How was breakfast? Get the f***. <laughs> I don't know, but I gotta, I gotta embrace it. That's relationships now. That's this generation. Hello, you guys a couple right here? No? Any couples? We got couples? Just a bunch of loners tonight? Yeah? Oh, right here? Yeah, how long have you been with your man? Here. Eight months. Eight months? Good answer. I always like to ask. Usually I get a funny one. The last show I did. Uh, about two weeks ago, I asked a couple in the front row, just like you, how long have you been together? She goes, um, it'll be a year in December. So it'll be a year in over half a year. Our three years coming up in spring 2019, we're really excited. We're pumped.